Blog Talk Radio. Has anyone ever told you you dream too big? That you have too many ideas? That you need to be realistic? What if there was a career and lifestyle that you could completely design yourself that enables you to do what makes your heart truly sing and helps millions of people benefit from what you have to offer? One that provided you with all the money you need to thrive, not just survive. That is the life of an enlightened entrepreneur. Welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show, dedicated to the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened entrepreneurs worldwide, with your host, Mariana Cooper, founder of AHA Moments, Inc. and AHAMomentsInc.com. Her motto, oh yes, you can have what you want, and you deserve it too. Join us for the next hour and learn to trust your aha moments to lead the way to a passionate and purposeful life. And now here's your host, Mari. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Aha Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide. I'm Mari, and happy Tuesday. We are back, and I am just amazed at how fast this whole fall season has gone. It, it, I guess doing so many shows with the Telesummit, everything just sort of blurred together. And when I looked at the calendar and see it's already December 3rd, I was like, really? I can't even, how do we even do this, right? I mean, this is insane. So holiday season is well underway for all parts of the world. Happy Hanukkah, happy post-Thanksgiving, happy pre-Christmas, happy everything, Kwanzaa, and all of the other um, things that we're celebrating at this time and happy, you know, surviving 2013 or thriving in 2013, whatever your situation is, uh, let's just all be happy about it and grateful. And I am really excited about today's show. This is um, this is a really special um, show. You know, I, I read a lot of books. I have a stack of books. I'm not kidding you. If I stacked them on top of each other, I'm sure they would be waist high from publicists and, and, and publishers from around the world who have sent me books or speakers and, and um, guests to be on the show. And I like to find things kind of organically, right? I like to um, stumble on things just because in my own world, you know, I, I'm in the bookstore all the time and I'm always looking for something new and something exciting. And this book, E Squared by Pam Grout, um, was one that I, I came across and it's Barnes & Noble and I sat down with it and I was just like, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't, you know, actually, you know what? It wasn't a Barnes & Noble. I take that back. I know exactly what happened. I was on Facebook and I saw this and I went on um, and bought it on my Nook and then I was so excited when I read it on my Nook that I went and I bought the hard copy. I bought a paperback. I bought it in the store. So I have two versions of this book, but all I know is that the minute I, I started the first page, I was laughing. I was then I was crying. I was I was you know I was elated, and I wanted to. The first thing I thought is, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I have to have Pam on my show and share her with all of you. When I start talking to all of you about her, you all have the book too and you're all doing the experiments too. So anyway, the book is called E Squared, Nine Do-It-Yourself Energy Experiments That Prove Your Thoughts Create Your Reality. And we're going to talk to Pam today all about um, the experiments and all about uh, the book. I want to just do a little bit of aha housekeeping before we get started and then we're going to let Pam 
come on. And um, the first thing, of course, is to let you know the number to call in. Today is your day to ask this international best-selling author your questions live. It is a very rare opportunity. She is extremely busy. The number to call in is 347-215-9485. It's 347-215-9485. And as usual, Sam will, um, you'll hear Sam answer your call first, and then once he uh, gets, you all, gets you all set up, he will let me know that you would like to ask a question and we'll get you right on. So the second uh, little bit of housekeeping is that, uh, well, actually, there's two quick announcements, and then we're going to get Pam on. The second one is that I am, for a very short period of time, doing uh, 2014 Intuitive Outlook reading. That's right, private, one-on-one, 30-minute reading, um, setting you up for what you want to create in the new year. So um, I won't get into a lot of details, but you can go on my website at Aha Moments World. Dot com W-O-R-W-O-R-L-D. So it's AHA, A-H-A, moments with an S, W-O-R-L-D.com. And you'll see the button there and you can learn about that. And then the other thing is we have all the replays and the packages for the Telesummit, the AHA World Telesummit, um, will be ending on Friday, completely com- like coming down, done, finished, over. So you have a few more days to... Um, to get access to the special offers and everything with the speakers, and you can do that um, from the the main page, which is uh, let's see, Aha Mon- Aha World Fall F A L L 2013.com if you don't already know. Okay, so that's it for housekeeping. I want to give as much time as we can to Pam, and like to say welcome, Pam. I am thrilled to have you here. You, it's it's just absolutely amazing to, to finally get on the show with you. Welcome. Oh, well, thank you. It's absolutely amazing to be here. Welcome, or how, hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm thrilled to have you, and um, I I know that you 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 know you're doing a lot of shows, and and, and and they all kind of I'm sure they all blur together um, after a while because you, you've been so busy. But thank you for taking the time to, to come to our community, and I'd like for you to just, if you would, give us a kind of like the the short version of the story to how you came to get started writing this book because I know that um, you were going through stuff in your own mind. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that and we can get, and we can get into the rest of the conversation? Yeah, well, I wrote the book because I've used these principles um, in my own life. I've, you know, managed to – here I'm a you know, person from Kansas and I've managed to, you know, become a travel writer. I write for a lot of – you know, like People Magazine and CNN and Men's Journal. And I've used these principles to create a pretty extraordinary life for myself. And I thought, wow, you know, this is something that everybody needs to know. And I think the thing is a lot of people do know about these principles, that you know, our thoughts create a reality. But I think for most people it's just a theory. You know, it's a theory and they're not quite sure how to put it into practice. And I thought, well, if, if the best way to really get it is to, take an experiment and to try it out for yourself. So basically, I came up with what I think are the nine, you know, bedrock spiritual principles that everybody needs to know, that everybody can use in their life to really make a better life. And then I came up with an experiment, you know, a real simple, doesn't cost anything, really easy experiment to do to prove whether or not these principles work. Because the other thing, if somebody tells you about a principle, spiritual principle, you're going to go, oh, yeah, right. I mean, we've been hearing Mm -hmm. about this energy force from the pulpit for a 
long time. And, you know, it, it's just somehow not convincing. But once we see it for ourselves with our own two eyes, fill it with our own two hands, it's like, wow, this really works. And I think it's really important that we start, you know, taking control of our, our lives and, and, and using this power that we have. And I think, you know, we need to get over this fact that we're not victims and that we really can create a life that works for us. And so these these kind of baby step experiments sort of make people realize, wow, this really does work. You know, it's funny because I think that um, the good books, the ones when you see a book kind of take off the way yours has and it's translated into how many languages now? I mean, it's it's like 30 languages. And, yeah, last I know. heard it was about 30. I haven't checked in lately, so that's probably about right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so you've essentially created an international conversation, which I think, you know, not every book does that. And I think it's because the, I think the core underbelly of it is people really, 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 really need to understand faith again, you know, to trust mm-hmm. and have faith. And I think that that's a very sore um spot for people it's it's kind of hard because we get so caught up and when we have faith even in um if you know it the word that comes up and, and it's loaded right it's loaded with church and religion and 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 broken wings if you will of you know trusting in something not happening or this blind faith this feeling of i have to jump off a cliff and then people kind of numb out to it they kind of numb out to belief and right. then and, it's just go ahead yeah well i think the number one thing that i really would like people to get from this book is that the universe world this energy force really does have their back and see i think mm-hmm. that's you know where it's a lot easier to have faith if you really get it that wow it really wants your good it really is there for you it's it's a supportive thing it's a productive thing it's not something that you know is trying to get you to you know, pay attention and do this or that. You know, I mean, it's really there for you. And once you get that, it's a lot easier to have the faith. If you really get it, that this is a all good energy force, that this is an energy force that loves you, that wants your good, that only wants your good. So I think that's one of the things that makes it a lot easier to have faith if you really get that. And that's what the first experiment's all about. It's like, is it really true that I could kind of let go of the reins and really trust that the universe does have good for me? And, you know, I, I just want to hear that. The universe, tell me, is this really true? Let me know. Let me know. I've got you've got 48 hours. <laughs> so so that's the big thing, you know. Once people get that, that wow, there is this good force out there. That that makes faith a lot easier to have. You know, I think it's funny um, that you, I think it's, you're right on when you say that. And the the thing I think that gets people kind of caught up. I know it, it has even with me is that you have a tendency to think that the universe, that field of potentiality, source energy, is reacts the way a parent would you know, where you have to get approval and you have to get, um, you have to prove yourself and you have to do everything a certain way for them to, to say, okay, you know, head nod, okay, yes, you're okay. And the universe is much more neutral than that. Um, right, in so fact, I think the universe is nothing but love, if you ask me. I mean, that's the that's the bottom mm-hmm. line reality is just nothing but this love, This, I mean, this love that's so much bigger than anything we can even understand. Because, like you said, it's most of us, you know, compare it to how our parents treated us, which, you know, it's just kind of this long line, they're reacting to how their parents treated them. You know, it's just this right, right. long thing of yeah. here's all these rules, we've got to figure it out, and you've got to do it this way, you've got to label everything and judge everything. And so, you know, we kind of got this really warped mess about the way the world works and because our thoughts are so powerful that warped message you know creates a lot of the 
problems or whatever that we see because we're you know, out of our fear and a lot of things we're creating a world that you know is going to represent what we're you know what we're thinking so I think a lot of us are you know scared and fearful instead of trusting that hey it's going to work out everything's fine everything's good yeah oh absolutely so what I loved about your experiments now there's nine of them so I wanted to go through a couple of the the various points that you made but um, what I one of the things I wanted to bring up is is that you put um, very empirical you know types of you know witnessing type of it's like a whole chart exactly like a this is the hypothesis here's how long you have and let's you know hit it um that was a really short window did you think did you feel like you needed to have courage to say okay only 48 hours or was that is that do you really think that things should show up in such a short period of time well i could, i've got a couple answers for that i think more than anything the deadlines are for us it, for jarring us into paying attention. And I think the shorter time period is good because you know, pe- maybe people don't have the patience to wait for a week or whatever. And what I yeah. believe is that our thoughts are so powerful that we really do create you know, what we think about. However, we may not be willing to allow it because of beliefs that say we're not worthy or beliefs that say that's impossible or whatever. So we create these things all the time. I mean, that's not even in question in my mind. But the thing that blocks us sometimes doesn't allow it to come in but so I think if you give yourself that time frame then um, then you're really looking for it you're expecting it you 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 set that up and so it kind of opens up the pathway for those blessings to come in and you know so I do hear from people sometimes that got a blessing maybe like the hour after their deadline was yes. up or even two days later or whatever and you know in the quantum field time is relative anyway but for, for me it was just an idea to get people to start paying attention so those deadlines are really more for us not necessarily mm-hmm. for the field of potentiality but it's just a way yeah. to really set it up in a real easy to figure out to where you're looking you know if you're going to be looking for a week you might I mean the best thing is just to set it and forget it but just be aware just be aware and kind of be open-minded and look and see what's going on and you know it's like wow this is pretty cool all kinds of amazing things can happen I mean I hear the most amazing stories as I've said many times even if I didn't believe this book you know, the principles in this book, which I do. I mean, that's why I wrote it. But even if I hadn't, there is no way I could say with a straight face now that this it doesn't work. I have heard the most amazing stories from people. I mean, every day I get these, you know, wonderful emails from people telling me about all the blessings they've received and all the gifts and manifestations. I mean, just unbelievable stuff. So it's really been fun for me. I mean, I've loved, you know, like you said, connecting with people from all over the world that, you know, are telling me these fantastic stories so it's really been fun for me Uh, and for me too because I hear from friends and from listeners and and clients who have done your experiments um, how quickly I know some of my friends have done your all nine experiments in about four days (laughs) (laughs) talk about being impatient like okay (laughs) like six things are happening I'm like oh 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 <laughs> pretty funny. Some pretty funny yeah, stories. It's funny because yeah, sometimes I'll hear from somebody that'll say, "Oh yeah, I, I made the intention," and then literally, like in the next minute, somebody will call that answers that particular intention. I mean, it'll happen that quickly. And like I said, some people, you know, it'll take a little bit longer. But it is amazing, um, you know, just all the different experiences I hear from people. So, so let's um, let's get down to some some basics here because there's I'm sure there's people listening in who have not read the book yet. But I wanted to talk about some of the the basics, you know, foundational things. Um, 
with you and get your take on some of this. So let's can we talk about this this invis, in, invisible energy force and this this field of infinite possibilities of her you know we call it a lot of different things I call it the grid um of creation but you call it you know a number of different things from your point of view how does that play what does that look like what is what is the context of that the field of potentiality well i sort of mm-hmm. think of it in terms of physics you know which is this big giant field that we're all connected to you know it's just this big giant energetic field and illusory it looks like you know we're these separate beings but the truth is we're connected to everybody and everything so i don't know that you can actually see it when you say what does it look like to me i mean it's sort of invisible which is like you mentioned that's why faith is is important we don't really see it but yet yet it is the framework the blueprint for everything that we have in the universe and through our consciousness we pull out of this big field what we expect to see and so um in fact uh, it, you know it's just so amazing to me that that we have even created because this is such a benevolent force that we have managed to create you know some problems and things like that but that just to me is proof of how powerful you know, this thing is because it, it totally answers whatever our fears, you know, you, you, it's like looking into a mirror, you know, it's like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. this is what I'm thinking. And then you see it, you know, coming right back at you. So, um, so anyway, I, you can't exactly see it. You see the results of it. You right. see the manifest material results of it, but you don't mm-hmm. actually see the field itself. Although there are right. people that do see some colors and auras and things like that. But it's more this invisible energy force. It's like these waves. Like we don't see radio waves coming in. That right. We don't see telephone telephone waves but it's all these waves these waves of energy that are you know shooting around all over us all the time and you know as we use them get them into this laser-like formation they start you know conforming to our wishes and to our intentions in fact it happens all the time it's just that sometimes our intentions you know are under the surface and we're not even really sure it's like these beliefs we picked up you know when we were kids that are you know that our energy waves so to speak are acting out of you know, kind of old school conditioning that we learned, kind of rote patterns that we learned, you know, way back when. I um, I agree with you. I mean, obviously we can't see it, but I think it is something that's a lot more, I think it's actually a lot more palpable than than we would normally perceive it. And I think that's what I love about what you've done here is that you you have made it, more of a tangible experience, right, with the with the experiments and also the different versions um, of the experiments. I want to ask you, what do you feel, do you feel that when you're working with the field that it works better if you're commanding something of the field or if you're asking a question of the field? You know, like a lot of people say affirmations, affirmations, they say it over and over again, and that's creating. Other people say you ask a question and you're going to get, you know, an answer. Do you have any any opinion on that? Well, I would say, I mean, one of my favorite things to say is set it and forget it. So that would be like commanding the universe, I suppose, saying, hey, this is what I want. This is the intention that I they make. But then where we get in trouble is we start figuring out how that's going to happen. So as I like to say, you know, the how is not up to us. It's just the what right. is up to us. It's like, okay, this is what I want to manifest. And then we need to get out of the way because – 
in our little pea brains, we think we know the right way it's going to work. We think we can figure it out. Well, everything that we think is just going to get in the way. So if we just sort of make that intention, put it out there, and then just let the universe figure it out because it's so much smarter. I mean, again, it's connected to everything. It's like, you know, as long as we're not blocking it, you know, we are connected to every single thing too. And we are anyway. It's just that we don't always, we don't always realize it. So, yeah, just set the intention, set it, and forget it. That's, you know, the easiest thing to do. And just get happy, you know, so those joy channels are open so things can come rushing in. Excellent. So, so when we're doing, um, I want to, I want to ask you that this, if you could take us through the kind of the construct of the experiments. And I know, you know, it's all in the book, and a lot of you have read the book. But I just, just for the sake of the conversation, can you, can you, why did you? Kind of a silly question, but I guess can we go through one of the experiments and the pieces because I think this is important because a lot of people they'll. When you say set it and forget it, there, that set it had a few steps, right? Like right, you, that's making the intention. You know, like, for example, how I've set it up, the framework that I have it in the book, is I propose a principle that I believe is, you know, just like gravity, it works every time. And then I create a hypothesis, like, okay, the same way that researchers do in scientific labs, okay, because you ask an either-or question, you ask a um, – you know, if this is true, this will happen. And so it's, um, it's you know, it's quantifiable. You can, you can figure it out. And so basically, you know, you just ask this particular, okay, I believe, or this is the principle, and if that is true, then this will happen. If that principle is true, this is going to happen. And so then you say, okay, I'm going to set this intention now. So let's say it's um, 7.22 on a Tuesday night. So to do the 48-hour thing, so at 7.22 on Thursday night, you know, you will get an answer if that's what you're asking for, or you will manifest what you're looking for. You'll get your blessing, um, you know, whatever the experiment happens to be. And so you're just very clear that to be open, you know, that's so basically for that 48-hour time frame, you just want to be open and just be observing and, um, and and just see what happens. Excellent. So, so let me ask you this. I know that you've spoken to a lot of people and and seen a lot of different things, and you know, obviously in your own life, but working with so many people. What would you say are like the top three things that slow down or or the the bringing this to fruition? I mean, we talk a lot about 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 the success of these experiments, but are there situations where the the thing doesn't come to fruition in 48 hours, and what might be the cause of that? Oh, well, I always um, think that um, fear is always a big one. Fear always blocks blocks us. I think there's this underlying belief that this is hard to do. So I always say that the word hard is the most dangerous word in the in the English language. In fact, I've got one of those little that was easy buttons from Staples. And to really, if this is easy, I mean, this is natural. This is our normal state to be able to command these energy fields. I mean, this is the way it's supposed to be. And only our belief that, that it's not that way or that it's difficult. I mean, even people that know about these goes, oh, but it's hard or, oh, but it's challenging. Oh, but, you know, to still my mind, it's hard to still my mind. And, and so every time 
we say that, I mean, that's just putting up a little little block. In fact, I would say the biggest thing for the people need to do in order to, to manifest, to have a life of their dreams, is to really get out a jackhammer and, and jackhammer away all those beliefs because that's what <laughs> blocks it, you know. So it's more about taking away things because this is a natural flow. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is normal, you know, to have this beautiful, flowing, loving life, easy life, um, joyful life. I mean, that is what's normal. And the fact that we believe it's this other way is is ridiculous, but it's so cemented into our consciousness. And again, because our thoughts are so powerful, we can certainly create that. So basically, it's um, you know erasing a lot of those messages that we learned when we were a kid. That's the, the number one thing that that we need to do. Oh, so as far as so the top true. three things, you know, fear, um, the belief that it's difficult. I, you know, I don't know that I've ever thought about what are the top three things, but I'll, just off the top of my head, that's what I would think of, you know, fear, of course. I mean, some of us are afraid of our own power. You know, we, we're afraid of, of being connected to this. You know, it's like, wow, what, what could happen? So there's fear, but there's all kinds of fear in the old conditioning. And then, of course, this idea that it's difficult, which is part of the old conditioning. So it's all just old conditioning. That's what gets in our way. You know, these lessons that we were taught. Like, here's an example. Like, when we're a little kid, you know, we're taught, you know, the minute we get sick, it's like, okay, we've got to rush out to the doctor and find out, you know, why you have a fever. Well, instead of teaching our children, it's like, wow, your body, you can command your body to heal itself, or your body will naturally heal itself. And I have to say, I was guilty of doing that with my kid, but that is truly, these lessons that we pick up, you know, oh, there's the right way to do things, there's the wrong way to do things. I mean, this is just what our parents teach us, and of course, they feel that that's their responsibility, and that's, so that's what we're taught. So, you know, these are all these subconscious patterns that are running in our life, you know, all these things we picked up as kids. So, you know, we can say all these intentions that we want, but as long as those subconscious beliefs are running our lives, then we're not going to, you know, manifest as much as we have to. So the best thing really is to be in the moment. That's where that moment of power is. And so when you're mm. in that moment and not letting that, you know, those old tapes run your life, then you know, things happen just magically. I mean, and life's supposed to be magical. I mean, it's only magical because we're not used to it being that way, and that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, oh, I love that. I love that answer. And you know what? Um, I think one of the other things is, uh, and I see this a lot, and I know for myself as well, is perfectionism. Feel yeah, like we have yeah. to be perfect in order to do I see so many people get freaked out if they have a bad thought that they've now killed everything. So I wanted to see if you could talk to that a little bit about, you know, there's realities. You know, it's great. We have this great book. We have this, you know, these great experiments and all this. But then there's also parts of life that are, this, you know, longer term. People are going through various, um, you know, issues in their lives and they, and they feel bad or they feel depressed or they feel sad. Can, you, can that ruin what they're trying to do here? No, I think, in fact, a lot of those issues, it's just our judgment. It's our um, mistranslation that those are, it's, it's our judgments. It's like we're all like these, um, you know, dancing with the stars, judges sitting on the side holding up little cards like, oh, this is a good thing, this is a bad thing, you know, in our life. But once you let go of that, in fact, you know, this is like the big paradox of, of thinking. So many of our thoughts, probably we shouldn't listen to. I mean, just let them pass right through. In fact, they will pass right through in 90 seconds, according to 
to neurologists, except that we, we attach to like, oh, you know, some, some thought comes, some little fear. So then we start coming up with all this evidence why that could be true, why that could be true. So a lot of times just let it pass on through. And when you're living in the moment, I mean, this moment is so rich with everything right here, right now. And most of the time we are elsewhere, you know, and when we're mm-hmm. elsewhere, those subconscious patterns, you know, those, that old school conditioning, the stuff we learn from our parents, that's what's running our life. And so that's the, you know, the energy that we're sending out, those old school patterns. But so as long as you're living in the moment, that's where everything is. I mean, everything. Mm, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, one of the things that I, I, I know that this kind of, I, I sort of categorize it this manifesting in a couple of categories and one is you know obviously the, the experiments you had about the blessings and you know receiving a blessing just you know proof that the field even exists but then you have some really interesting um twists on it with with what our bodies are capable of doing when we command ourselves to you know lose weight um or to work with that, the energy that, you know, this, the field within our bodies, like with the dowsing rods. Can you talk about how that works? Because it was, it's fascinating because that's that connection. That's where we start to see that we're not only creating in that energy, but we are that energy that we're creating with at the same time. Right, we are we are fields of energy. I mean, we think we're these bodies, as flesh and bones, but we are actually waves of energy. Um, but yeah, that dowsing rod ones, or what I call the the Albie Einstein ones, that's one of my very favorite experiments. Just because, in fact, in some ways, I maybe should have put that one in the very beginning because there is no way. I mean, that one works for every single person. There is no way you can hold those rods if you do it right. There's no way you can hold those rods and, and not believe this as you watch your thoughts, as you watch as those, as those rods go out when you have a positive thought and how they go in when you have a, a negative thought or a smaller thought, I guess you could say. I mean, those things are reacting constantly. So those are the ways of energy your thoughts are sending out. And as you see that happening, you're holding those rods, you're not moving your hands at all, and those rods are just moving back and forth, totally reacting to your thoughts. I mean, it's just amazing. It's like, wow, who knew that your thoughts had that much power oh it's so funny i i i have to say i'm gonna i was one of your problem children with the dowsing rods like I almost oh you were <laughs> <I, laughs> no, oh it I didn't work a, what happened no 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 it worked it worked i i took hangers right and i opened up the hangers but i didn't clip them and i was on the phone with my friend i'm like okay i have this dowsing rod and she's like um what i, I was like but the thing is first the cat my cat got hysterical and started trying to attack him. He's very energetic, so he was all excited. But they were long and they were crooked, and you know, because I had I was being impatient because I and I had the straws, and so I actually wrote to Amazon and I bought a real set of dowsing rods, and then we were in good shape. Oh, you did? That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, no, well, because they were, you know, I didn't cut the clip the hanger. My friend's like, well, get some wire clippers, Mari. You know, like, why are you using a three-foot hanger? Like, hello? (laughs) Because I was like, is it because it's heavy and the straws aren't working? And, you know, so, um, and I, of course, used, I was going so fast because I was so excited. I had the, the bendy straws, you know, like, (laughs) the elbows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, when I got the real dowsing rod, absolutely. So, just in case, you know, anybody's having any hanger issues, I <laughs> I did. But, um, but yeah, I think it's really, really important. And that was 
uh, really fun to see because I've worked with a lot of things and I'm, you know, I'm an intuitive for 20 years and do readings all the time and all that stuff. So I'm fully in belief of, of the energy, but it was very cool. To see, I had worked with dowsing rods before, so it's very cool to see um, how how sensitive they are, like an EKG machine in your hand. It's really Right, right. Well, that's just how much energy you're putting out. Well, you know, when you think about it, you know, you get under the covers, which is something it's getting cold here where I'm at right now. So, and think about all that energy that comes out of your body to heat up those covers. I mean, you know, that's, there's energy all around. We are just nothing but energy. And I think, you know, we just forget that, but, but that is the reality of who we are. Um, But, you know, these dense patterns have, um, can, you know, congealed here into creating these separate bodies and these separate things. But like what quantum physicists say, it's just like this little fold in the quantum field or this little, um, I don't know, little, I don't know, thing that, that flips into the, in, you know, to make each person, each, each physical thing that we see. It's just like a little fold or a little pleat or something like that in, this, in the mm-hmm. big field. So, so anyway, but yeah, it's just all, it's all energy. Everything is energy. Well, and I love the idea of, of the plants, and um, I've seen a lot of that. There's been a lot of, you know, between structured water and, you know, all kinds of things coming up now with, energy, uh, sending energy to plants and growing. And I really think that the future, is, in the future, we're all going to be back to having our own organic gardens in our own homes and doing, using our energy to support those, those plants. Um, you know, I think, I think what you're doing is pioneering uh, a whole new way of living, a whole new way of being, where in a whole new set of tools, like connecting us with these energetic tools that we're all born with, but you're making them tangible and you're giving us the operating manual, which is really... Well, you know what I would, the experiment I would love is to um, actually, of course, my daughter's 20 now, but um, to actually start with kids and not, and try not to teach them all the lessons that we teach kids. And Mm -hmm. because I really think we sort of know this stuff, but I Mm -hmm. think we teach it out of them. So I think it'd be a really fun experiment. And I don't know that any parent would have the nerve to just say, okay, fine, you know, (laughs) I'm just going to let them do whatever they want or, you know, just, but I really do believe that this is knowledge, this is natural and normal. And um, I think if we could not train our kids out of this stuff, um, I, I think, you know, they would know it a lot better. I mean, I think every kid needs to know this, but I kind of think every kid probably does know it. They do know, you know? it, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's amazing how they do. And 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 I think that by all of us adults learning it, I know I share things with my niece and nephew. They're always talking to me about They're watching Avatar. And they're watching these different shows, and they, they come up to me and they say, oh, can you teach us firebending or waterbending? Or is this real? Is this intuition thing real? Or can I really, you know, send thoughts to my, my sister? And I, I have them do experiments where I have them sit back to back across the room, and I, and I say, okay, I go over to one of them and say, give me a number, and, I, and then they give me the number, I write it down, and then I say, now send the number to your sister by thinking it really loud in your thoughts, and the kid always gets it. You oh, know? that's and great. We play, yeah, we play those games um, so that they can feel that connection, you know, and they can, it's like, you know, if your brother's having a test, send him a te- telepathic message to have a good time, you know, do well, and and they do. They they're amazing like that. They're so receptive. And I think in the cartoons and a lot of those different movies, Harry Potter, you know, gave people permission to actually at least 
socialize these ideas again, you know. So um, we, we do have some callers, and I would love to um, hear some of the other take, uh, some of the callers' takes on what, what we're talking about today. So are you ready to take a couple of questions? Sure, sure. Okay, cool. So uh, if you are waiting on the line or if you, well, first of all, if you'd like to call in and um, ask a question or tell us how an experiment turned out for you, please call at 347-215-9485. And our first caller, and if, you're, if you've been waiting, please listen up so you don't miss us when we, when we uh, answer the phone here is Anna in Tennessee. Hi, Anna. How are you? Hi, Maury. How are you? I'm good. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Pam. Hi, Anna. How Um, are you? I'm fine. Um, I know that the process worked because I have created in the past, but things seem to be a little slow. I have some stuff I've been working on for a while, and it hasn't shown up. So I think that you answered it um, in your presentation, but... um, it, it it just hasn't um, materialized yet. So what am I? What am I? I mean, am I really getting in the way here? Um, well, you know what I I say. Um, if if something isn't coming, that I think you know the the channels maybe aren't open, and I always say the best way to open the channels is to do something that really makes you happy and to focus mm-hmm. your life on being happy because mm-hmm. when you're happy and when you're just counting your blessings and gratitude, like every morning I get up and I say something amazingly awesome is going to happen to me. So I kind of have this... Um, this intention for my day and you know, these amazing things are going to happen. And I don't even specify what they're going to be, but just that. So I think as you start getting happy, you know, and it's like maybe you're worrying and fretting about this thing, and I don't know for sure what it is you're trying to get or, or whatever, but, mm-hmm. but it sounds mm-hmm. like you're, you're maybe focusing a little bit on the absence of it. But if you start, mm-hmm. like the biggest thing is to really always focus on the end result. I mean, feel how it would be to have yeah. that thing, whatever it is, and really yeah. think about that and just keep focusing on that and don't even, I mean, it's almost like we have to be actors, you know. It's like, okay, I'm going to be Meryl Streep today or whatever, you know, and I'm going to pretend <laughs> like this is already here because our imagination is actually the elixir that creates all of this. I mean, everything we see is all the result of imagination. And um, so, you know, I think we tend to imagine the lack instead of, you know, the, you, you imagine the absence of what this is you're trying to to manifest, but just keep imagining, imagining the um, the reality, the end result, and don't even think about how it's coming or that it's not here or anything like that. Just keep imagining that it's that it's there because that is that's how the magic works in the universe. Of course, mm-hmm. we'll just will provide and say, okay, thank you, I, I'm happy, I'm happy to um, to provide. So just really work on getting your joy channels open and being grateful and um, you know counting your blessings. Okay. Well, I'm going to run out and get the book so I can do some of those experiments and read up on the information that you're providing to us. And thank you so much for that book. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks for calling. All righty. Thank thank you so much, Anna. Have a great night. Excellent. That's a good question. It's a really good question. And um, one of the the, the experiments you have in the book is um, the Jenny Craig principle. It's, it's with food. And mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that you're taking something that most people 
well, probably not this audience because it's audience, we have a very advanced audience in the AHA community, but a lot of people feel like your food really is, it's just food on the plate. You know, it's not necessarily you want to respond to speaking to it. Can you talk a little bit about that particular experiment and and the power that we have with working with what we're eating? Yeah, um, well, our bodies are simply a you know, representation of our thoughts. And food, of course, is just energy as well. I mean, all food is energy. I mean, every single thing is energy. But see, we're interacting with our food all the time. And right now, there's so much. I, always, I call it like a love-hate relationship. There's, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I really want that piece of pie. But, oh, if I eat it, it'll, you know, it'll add five pounds or whatever. I mean, there's just so much of this chatter going on out there in this energy field about how, you know, that, oh, we love food, but we hate food, we love food. You know, it's just back and forth. And so the food is responding to our thoughts and to our energy. And if we eat in fear, we eat like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this, or I mean, counting the calories, doing all the stuff that we do, we really set up this this resistance and this, um, I don't know, this idea, we're not even getting the nutrition from our food because we're creating such baggage around it. So it's really important to realize that what you think about your food, what you think about yourself, what you think about how food is, I mean, if you really appreciate your food and you love your food and you bless your food, I mean, that is the way to get all the nutrition, to get all that it has to offer. I mean, we don't even think about it as giving us this great nutritional Stuff. I mean, it, it makes it enables us to live. I mean, food does so much for us, but we, you know, are constantly like not liking it. We want it, but we shouldn't want it. You know, I mean, there's just so many mm-hmm. messages. All the dieting. I mean, it's just this really you. convoluted energy that we have created around food and dieting, and you know. So I, I think um, to really look at it with appreciation. This friend of mine, um, she just went through this program. She's down in Florida. Her daughter just got married, so she was oh, you know, wanted to lose that a weight for her for her daughter but she you know didn't want to try the diet thing so she went to this it was some kind of mindfulness thing but the very first day the woman said you know guilt I mean we all eat with such guilt she says I want you to give up guilt you can eat whatever you want and that's the program so to give up guilt my friend ended up losing like 20 pounds just wow. because she said to herself you know I, I'm, I'm not going to feel guilty I can have if I want it I'm going to eat it and the funny thing that happens once you give yourself that permission and you don't feel guilty about stuff you know it's like your body is going to self-regulate and it'll, ha- it'll want exactly what it needs but you know it your your body is just so you know messed up with all your thoughts that are creating all this dissonance in the, in the energy field mm-hmm. so i thought that was a really interesting thing by that guilt because there's so much guilt around food but yeah she lost 20 pounds and she said she didn't change anything well she said as she quit being guilty like if she wanted to eat it she'd eat it if she didn't want to eat it she didn't eat it but you know she just was more in tune with what her body really wanted and what she really wanted once she gave up that guilt because guilt is a big huge thing around around food that's amazing. That's actually that's actually a really good story. Um, I think that it's a matter of trust too. Like we don't mm-hmm. trust our bodies. You know, it's a, there's the push me pull you with the body is just enormous. Oh, it is enormous. And and I think that now now let's. I wonder if the, if the opposite is true. That if you, I guess if you are um, hating on your food. <laughs> it's probably coming into your body and metabolizing very differently than if you're loving on your food, regardless of what that food is. 
Exactly. Well, it's blessing your body. If if you're blessing your food, it's going to be blessing you, and, and it's just going to create health and, and, and good juju in your body. Right. It will digest properly. It will do everything properly if you're, if you're in love with it. I mean, the thing is to be in love with everything. I mean, that sounds so, I don't know, Pollyanna or something, but, you know, love is this powerful force. And, you know, of course, we think it's, you know, for Valentine cards and Valentine's Day and the movies and that kind of thing. But that's not what the actual power of love can do anything. And that's, you know, what we're, you know, what we're trying to use. So if we love our food, if we love, you know, whatever we're doing, it, it makes all the difference. So so let's say, you know, a person is going through the experiments. Um, let's say they're, they're looking for, because I always have to ask the, the basics, the, the weight, the money, you know, the jobs. Yeah, because mm-hmm, these are the things that people mm-hmm. apply all this stuff to. So let's say um, it was, with one of the experiments, someone is saying, you know, I will have, uh, I will get evident, you know, an extra hundred dollars in the next forty-eight hours in one of like my experiments, um, and that doesn't happen. Um, or they're you know they they have a bill to pay and they they try to make you know that into an experiment and it doesn't happen. Should they just extend the days or you know how how do you? And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to to. I'm kind of reading the energy of the audience and the kind of questions that are, I can feel intuitively that come up. Um, is it something that you just say, okay, I'm going to give it a clean slate, I'm going to try this again, and then focus, like what you were saying, on um, love or gratitude? Is there is there any kind of antidote for... for... Um, yeah, that's probably what I would say. You know, it's kind of funny because as you're saying that, I realize that in my own life, you know, like I, I can hardly even relate to that because I do know that once, you know, I make that request, it always comes. I mean, that's just the way it is. It just always works out. So it's hard for me to even relate to that. Oh, right. but it didn't work. You know, it didn't work. Right. You didn't get, yeah. you know. So, yeah. um, but but I do know, I mean, it's certainly, I mean, one of the classic stories for me is, um, you know, this book that's doing so well. It's this big international bestseller. I actually wrote it nine years ago. It came out as another book um, and it didn't do very well. And it, you know, I thought, oh, it was going to be the bestseller back then. Well, it did, that didn't happen. Um, you know, it quickly went out of print. Um, but 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 what? But instead of focusing on that, like, oh, woe is me. You know, this great book I wrote didn't do anything. I just sort of let it go. I kind of waved the white flag and I said, um, you know, I'm going to focus on getting happy and doing other things. And you know, as my joy channels open, then I resubmitted the book and it, you know, everything, you know, happened exactly the way I wanted it to. But it did it did take a while and I think the work was internal it was work I had to do um, to be ready to be open to be joyful Um, so I think you know when something doesn't happen the way you want it to happen um, it you definitely want to beat yourself up and I think that's what a lot of people tend to do beat themselves up it's just to go out and do something that that you know that makes you have a good time something go out and dance or go Mm -hmm. out and you know, if you're looking for money, go take dollar bills and seed them around, um, you know, all over the place, like stick them in library books or in magazines or, or whatever. And, you know, as you, you, you get whatever you, you – we get what we That's receive, cool what idea. we get, what we give and what we receive. You know, it's kind of this, this cycle. So if it's something that you're wanting, um, think of a way to give that, you know, kind of mm. like um, prime the pump or whatever. And then yeah. that, that's, that's another, you know, possible way of, of kind of bringing it to you as well. 
you know, it's funny. I um, you what you just described about your book having you know the first edition. What happened has happened to mm-hmm. so many light workers because we were before our time. It was almost like Santa Claus was having his elves build all these toys, and there was no audience <laughs> for the toys yet. You were all on the mm-hmm. planet with the toys, and then this, mm-hmm. like, the sol- solstice of 2012, everybody's stuff is like. We need more, we need more, where are you, where are you, you know? <laughs> and, and I really do think that the energy, you know, that the, the, the masses weren't ready, you know? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we blame ourselves for something mm-hmm. not coming to fruition when a lot of times the ones that we will benefit from it are just we're a little bit ahead of our time because we need to have it in stock for when they start raising their hand and saying, I need this. Yeah, you know. that's a good point. I like that. I like that a lot. It's in stock. We've got it in stock. So we all have a lot of things in stock, and so we're just kind of waiting for the energies to align to, um, you know, to get it dispersed out there. <laughs> so that, that's a good yeah. cool idea. I like that. I especially like the cool. sand and the elves. That's fun. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the land is like, so like overamped right now on Christmas stuff. I'm just yeah. so happy. Um, uh, we have another caller, and uh, I want to see if we can get her call in here. Um, okay, Sam, we're looking for Maria from Texas. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, how are you? Hi, thank you. I appreciate all the information you're giving, but I have a question for all on behalf of all women, because if we're in a relationship and the person in the relationship with us has an opposing thought, which thought is going to win out? Is it the person with the stronger mind or the stronger uh-huh. intention or what? Um, well, I, that's what I believe. The stronger intention will end up winning out. But, you know, when you set it up as a battle, that's always kind of a dangerous thing. I mean, they eventually, you know, you want to get those energy waves resonant to go kind of in the same way. And I, I know what you're saying. If, you know, they maybe try to cancel it out or whatever if they don't believe it. But if you believe it's strong enough, you just kind of hold that, that intention and that, you know, those ways will, will win out. But, like, give me an example of what you're talking about. Um, like, Well, for people. every couple, I mean, everyday situations uh, arise, like in money situations, in child-rearing situations. There will always be opposing views uh, that have to be ironed out between the couple. So when you want to manifest something very badly but the spouse doesn't agree and wants to manifest the opposite, my question in my mind is, how do you figure out who's going to manifest their reality first? Um, well, this is going to sound really far out there, but is it possible that you could both manifest your reality? I mean, well, because I, mean, I, I believe you know that there possible, is no but one you know reality. That in, <laughs> in truth, every couple goes through this every single oh, day. Oh, totally, you know? yes, yes. So what, my question to you, the expert, is how do you make sure that your manifestation desire has a chance well i mean i think if you know if we're engaged in a relationship then we also have to think about what that person wants so i think there is a little bit of you know maybe adjusting of you know our intentions and trying to come together on these you know is there a chance i mean i don't know exactly like if you say one person wants a a blue house and one person wants a green house or something you know that's a good example say a couple is building a house and yeah. one wants to modernize or have a very modern kitchen, and the other one wants a very traditional kitchen. So um, that's the kind of thing I'm asking you about. So how, right. how do you figure well, I, out who is going to have the manifestation come true? 
Well, I think, you know, you're kind of setting it up like it's an either-or kind of thing. And what I would suggest is that if you could come together and both go into it with this force of love, which, you know, is why you're together in the first place, and just really, you know, like set aside all, this has to be this way or this has to be that way, you know, that resistance that we would have, and just really open it up to the higher force of love because that's the number one thing we all want is to be loving, to have love, to be who we are, which is love. Yeah. And so, so let's say the conflict, we've got the traditional kitchen, we've got the modern kitchen, and so together, you know, you both discuss what it is, but you come in with that intention of love. I mean, we both want to love. That's what we want more than anything else is love. And then just trust that the correct answer, or I don't know if there is a correct answer, but the, the most loving answer will, um, will occur. And in fact, the person that, if you know, because again, if you're like fighting, like, oh, I want this, you know, I mean, that's like this resistance and love, you know, is going yeah. to, it's just the opposite of resistance. So um, I would say focus on that and yeah. trust that the perfect answer, the perfect compromise, compromise isn't even really quite the right word, but the perfect solution, the loving solution will manifest. And that's the highest thing. And that's what to hold out for instead of I want to be right. You know, it's that whole thing. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy or whatever? So love is always what makes us the most happy. And so, I mean, so that's huh? what I would say in that particular situation. Well, that's, that's what I wanted to know from you because uh, so often I think women um, give in to the situation because they do prefer love over over a constant conflict. So that that was what I thought you would say. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I'm no relationship expert or anything like that. But I, you know, I was just thinking about how the energy is, and you know, the, what what that'd be my particular goal okay. and desire, I guess, is what I'm saying. Thank you, ladies. Y'all are yeah, thank you. Stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in tonight. Greatly appreciate that. Um, really good questions um, and very real questions. I've heard that question asked actually of Abraham and with Esther Hicks too. It's like that's a, that's a, you know, when it comes to human free will, very, very interesting um, twist on things. But I know one of the things I've, I've asked for um, when it comes to that is detachment. It's divine detachment and just saying, you know, I know I can't, you know, it might be an either-or situation, but if I'm detached, then the, the truth has more space to manifest, and if I'm detached, it's not going to, you know, stab me in the heart if it doesn't work out the way I want it, you know, mm-hmm, or the thought I wanted mm-hmm. it to work out, because a lot of times mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out that way, you're probably better off to begin with, so... Very, very interesting. Good questions. Very, very good yeah, questions. Yeah, those are so, good questions. Um, I, I know that we're getting close to the end of our time together, and I wanted to see if you had anything, you know, when, when we have a, a phenomenon like what you've created with your book, um, there's some themes that you see that maybe the rest of us aren't seeing because we're not seeing like the masses, you know, the way that you would, we're not being exposed to so many people going through these processes as you are. Anything in particular that stands out that you think people should know or make note of when they're working uh, with the various um, experiments in the book? Well, I've I've said this kind of already, but I really do think this attitude of gratitude, I mean, this idea of being thankful and really appreciating every little thing, every it, it, it just makes things work. You know, it just makes you happier, and as you're happier, you know, all this stuff works better. So, um, 
I mean, I have that, you know, that little two-step two program that I started, that AA program, my AA 2.0, you know, where I get up and say that something amazingly awesome is going to happen to me today. And then I always <laughs> am always texting blessings to, I have what I call my power posse, and every day I'm looking for blessings, and they have to be different every day, because, you know, I've always been one that was into gratitude, but it's like each day you have to come up with something different. So each day you're like the, you're like the scout out there looking for new blessings. And I think as, as, as that happens... I think as people open up to really see how beautiful the world is and how wonderful this force of life, this force of love is, um, you know, as you as you're more aware of it and as you see it working in your life, it's just you know everything's different. And I now I'm sitting here going, what was the question you actually even asked me? I can't even remember because I just no, started no, no. If talking. There was a, but... If there was a theme, if there was any uh, oh, you know the theme, any yeah. any resounding themes or theme or themes that are that you're seeing across the masses as you know sometimes you'll see something Bob I know I see it even when I'm doing my telesummit there's a certain response the audience is having in general they say oh wow, you know trend. what it would be you know, any trends yeah the, the trend is just how much fun everybody's having with these experiments and people are joining together like I there's Facebook groups out there there's groups that meet together like in their little towns and so people are coming together like communities are being created and the the resounding theme that I see is just how much fun everybody's having. And, you know, if this is going to really work and if we're really going to change our world and, you know, make a work, world that works for everybody, it's got to be fun because it's not sustainable if it's not fun. I mean, you know, just like exercises, maybe if that's not fun yeah. for you, then you're not going to keep doing it or diet or, you know, to, to go back to that yeah. old food thing. It's got to be something that you enjoy. And so I think people are just having so much fun with this. They're having fun talking together about it, doing the experience together so I see like this joining of people like people coming together in community and just really having a good time and I think, I think that's why things are happening so much too I think also one of the things that I see happening and, and at least from the people I've talked to about your book is that you're giving it, people a chance to do something in a bite-sized nugget you know so many mm-hmm. people come on these shows and say okay for the next 21 days you have to do it my way you know just do this and this and this for the next 40 days or the next 90 days or the next year and you're saying you know what in 48 hours and 72 hours you can see a shift and the small shift you know it could be a big shift too that can happen in 48 hours but the those small shifts build on one another you start to give people confidence in having faith again like you know i think a lot of people i've seen it because I, I i'm on these shows all the time and i see people who just get just downtrodden with you feel like okay i they're in a kind of a backward spin and i think what your book has done is it pulls people up out of that weary phase and it says okay i'm going to give this 48 hours and I'm going to command it, and I'm, like you said, set it, forget it. And when they start seeing these blessings come in, or the weight coming off, or you know the various things that you're you're responding, to, you know, referring to, it gives them that hope, and then that hope feeds to the next experiment, and that hope feeds to the next thing, and that hope feeds to the next thing. And I think that's really uh, one of the big gifts that you've provided with everyone. So I'm I'm honoring you for that, and I have a tremendous amount of gratitude. And also, I want to honor you for one other thing, and that is. Um, your courage to try again. I want everyone to really pay attention to that because a lot of people put people like yourself um, or hosts, you know, people who seem to be, you know, have it all together and all out here, you know, in the face, in the face of people on pedestals. 
And if you've had something, and I hear a lot, I've heard from friends too, oh, I tried that. I had a business, but it didn't work. And then they don't try again. You know, it's like that's it. They just stop it. But you had a book and it didn't do well, and you you let it percolate, and they came back with it. Um, Can you just, I just want to ask you to just talk a little bit, and then I know we'll, we'll end the show. Did you feel like that was, took courage to do that again? Did you have any reservation when you were about to go again? With You know, not really, because I loved the book and I believed in the book. And yeah. I don't know that I thought, oh, the timing's not right. But um, I, and I just felt really guided to, to bring mm-hmm. it back out again. You know, and Hay House was the perfect publisher for it. You know, they really Absolutely. specialize in these kind of books. So, you know, it's just like everything was perfect. And I'm not at all sorry that it didn't, you know, do well before. Although Perfect. at the time, I thought that's what I wanted. And so that's mm-hmm. one thing as far as this, you know, never give up. Just because people aren't seeing it in the absolute, um, you know, physical at this moment doesn't mean it's not there and doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It it will happen and it can happen unless you, you know, decide to focus on the fact that it didn't, you know, just keep being grateful about it. And again, for me, I always send out lots of ships and know that some of them are going to come back and some of them aren't. And that, that mm-hmm. kind of helps it too if you're sending out a lot of ships you know I have a lot of different things that I do so if you just put all your if you send out one ship and it doesn't come back that that can be pretty discouraging so I think it's good to you know send out a lot of ships or at least that's that's kind of how I've approached it <laughs> well you're free you you do you're you're doing writing and you you write for a lot of amazing places um and you travel and you you know you you kind of create your life which is exactly amazing. yeah 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 Awesome. I have a pretty good life, pretty sweet life. You sure do. Uh, it's, it's just, and it's fun to be a part of it, too. So thank you. Thank you for all of your contributions. So why don't you tell everybody where they can um, learn more about you and get a hold of the book if they don't already have it. Um, I'm sure there's a few people who are on yeah, Amazon my, as we're talking. <laughs> yeah, my website is pmgrout.com, and that's P-A-M-G-R-O-U-T.com. And then I also have a, a travel website. It's georgeclooneysleptheer.com, and that's um, <laughs> a takeoff on the George Washington Slept Here. It's a, a website on luxury travel. But I write for a lot of different places. I'm on Facebook. I you know, have a fan page on Facebook. I also am on Twitter, Pam Grout. So just if you know my name, you can find me all over the place. So just remember the name. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, Pam, thank you so much. Thanks for coming. I know your schedule's really busy. This has been such a treat. It's been such a delight to have you, and I just honor your work and honor you, and I'm really grateful that you shared some time with us today. Thank you so much for coming to the office. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So. All right, everybody. Well, that we've come to the end of a, yet another AHA Moments radio show. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. And in the meantime, you know my motto, which is you truly can have exactly what you want. You absolutely deserve it, too. And in this energy, anything is possible. Have a great night, everybody. Take care. You've been listening to the AHA Moments radio show with your host, Mari. Be sure to visit her blog and website at www.ahamomentsinc.com. That's A-H-A, moments with an S, inc.com. Also join Mari on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash ahamomentsinc and Twitter at twitter.com slash ahamoments. We can't wait to see you there.